What is up? It's Tuesday, May 4th, and you're listening to episode 21 of the Chasing Points podcast, your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. I'm Sam. I'm Brandon. And uh, we have <laughs> a great show, Brandon. Welcome to Chasing Points podcast. Our uh, our good friend, Dave Sepperson, coordinating producer at Sports Illustrated. He joined us last week for our draft uh, preview, and now it's time to recap uh, one of the best weekends in sports. So what's up, Dave? How are you, bud? I'm doing very well. I told my wife I must have done pretty well to get the invite right back. So uh, thank you, gentlemen, for having me again. I really appreciate it. It was a blast, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. Yay. Yeah, we're here. It was a, a wild draft weekend, and uh, we had a lot of fun uh, last weekend getting ready to uh, preview this draft that we, you know, we had to run it back and uh, excited we did so. So I, I think we should probably jump right into it. Um, lot to cover, lot going on. And, uh, you know, I, I think just like last week, I, I think it really starts with the quarterbacks. I don't know if we really need to talk about Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson right now. Nope. Uh, but Trey Lance to kind of what we thought going, going to the Niners at three guys and, and that Mac Jones smoke screen, or was it just something that was so crazy? It couldn't be right. Uh, in my, in my opinion, what do you guys think? Trey Lance from North Dakota state. Uh, so I had Trey Lance, to the Bay. I had Trey Lance to the, to the Niners for weeks. I even won some money on that bet. Uh, and I'm, I just, I felt very confident about it because I just, I didn't think there was any world where the Niners traded up for somebody, unless it was a guy like Lance. I just, I didn't think Mac Jones was worth trading up for. Um, and I understand like people have a lot of connections and, you know, uh, I think it was Chris Sims that said something and then Orlovsky and, you know, they were like teammates, coaches, stuff like that. So like everyone kind of has like this, you know, connection everyone's like oh they must know because they are friends and they talk and so like that just became this thing that everyone started running with and it's very possible they went back and forth Albert Breer had some really good reporting as an MQB talked about when the Niners had decided to pick Lance and you know it sounded like they were all in on him very early in the process so um I just you know I felt like he was gonna be the guy I think it was a great pick I really think he's gonna do really well there they're gonna give him a chance to sit behind a good quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, the future is bright. That team has a lot of young talent uh, and they're going to have a rookie quarterback on a rookie quarterback contract when they eventually do let go of Garoppolo, uh, which probably is next year. So hopefully they can use that money to add some more playmakers and skill position guys. And I just think the, uh, I think he's just got incredible potential and they, you know, they're going to eventually potentially play for another Super Bowl not too far from now. Hayes, I uh, I do believe that was the best pick for them. Uh, if it wasn't Lance, it should have been Fields. It should have never ever been Matt Jones. Uh, Matt Jones went exactly where he needed to go to. Um, <laughs> that's that's he fits in New England perfectly. But Trey has so much upside; it's ridiculous. And and again, like Dave just said, it, it it's just it seems right. And, and it's a lot to see it, a lot to grow and he's in a perfect place, but they've also been saying, uh, listening to all the analysts, like whoever really landed there was going to have the best opportunity out of any of these quarterbacks, which is true. But I think with Shanahan, uh, it was only Lance or fields. That's yeah. It. That, yeah. That scheme that LaFleur Shanahan, I guess it's really Kyle Shanahan's scheme. Uh, just being able to produce, you know, uh, great reads for, for uh, quarterbacks and someone with some mobile ability to get outside the pocket and make easy reads to, uh, you know, clever blocking too. Uh, Trey Lance kind of jumps off the page of someone who's able to kind of have those, you know, abilities. And the fact that he's, he's still 20 years old, right? That he's, he played one game this year and I don't think he's going to be sitting too long because, um, you know, if I think those days of really sitting behind a, a veteran is is um, kind of going by the wayside. And and if if Trey Lance really does sit for the entire year, let's say he's really playing one game in two or three years. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I think it just depends on how the 49ers play. If they're in a playoff hunt and Garoppolo right. play well, he's going to he's going to be on the bench. But 
if the team starts to falter, Garoppolo gets injured again, which is always a possibility. He has had a few injuries throughout his career. Then, yeah, I think Lance is going to get on the field. So I think it's just, a, you know, it's going to be the circumstance of how the team plays and how everything's going. But, yeah, uh, sitting him for two years does feel like a very long time. Yeah, and then, you know, keeping it rolling with the quarterbacks and things uh, – I'm Dave, I, I, I'm a Ryan Pace hater. I, I try to spend a lot of time making fun of Ryan Pace because I think he should not be able to make another selection at quarterback for these Chicago Bears and trade more first-round picks and and all of that. But the Bears trading for Justin Fields – uh going from the 20th pick to i think it was 11 right and the giants uh end up drafting Kadarius tony wide receiver from florida and get some other draft picks and and the big one here to me is at least the 2022 first round pick for the bears that the giants received that could you know if, if things kind of fall apart in chicago that that could easily be a top five top ten pick yeah i thought uh gentlemen did a great job i thought it was a great trade Getting another first is always good, especially in a draft next year where you'll have even more information. You'll be able to watch even more tape. Hopefully we'll have all the games played. Uh, as for Ryan Pace, he's my hero. I convinced myself that uh, the Patriots are going to trade up and get to some fields. In my brain, I, that was the, the move of the draft. I, I just I mocked the first 12. I had New England trading up to eight. I had nailed the first seven in a row. And I said, yep, this is happening. I've convinced myself. And then New England didn't trade eight. And I went, oh, my God, maybe it won't happen. And when I saw the Bears trade up, I was so happy just through the roof because I think Justin Fields has incredible upside. We talked about it last week. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, and, you know, I think the Bears is a really good situation. Um, you know, there will be a lot of pressure on him because this coaching staff and Ryan Pace's job is on the line. Um, and so that's why they kind of went a lot and said, what does it matter if there's no more draft picks next year? We might not be here. So we got to, right. we got to get our quarterback as soon as possible. And so, you know, I hope they don't throw him into the fire too fast. Uh, but Fields is really talented, and uh, if he's ready, then they'll play him, and, you know, we'll all get to see how good he really is in the pros. Um, but, yeah, I thought the trade made a lot of sense for them. I thought the pick made even more sense. So uh, no no fall for me for the Bears for moving up to get, to get a guy that I think is very, very talented. It's crazy. I never thought <clears throat> watching a draft that I would think the Cleveland Browns or say the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears – had a pretty solid draft never did i ever think i would ever say that at least in the same draft uh this move was the move they needed to make this is the move that they should have made uh a couple years ago but they didn't do that when they had uh Deshaun just sitting right there um so i'm happy that they they've done this i pray that they can take care of fields and i mean the two picks that they <clears throat> ensued that pick was looking to be like they're going to try to protect him as much as they possibly can by getting a tackle and a guard. Uh, so I'm, I'm extremely ecstatic that they did do that. <clears throat> but like Dave said, and like we said last week, he's got so much upside. And and just the way he has a, his deep ball accuracy, throws such a pretty ball. He doesn't run that much, but the thing is he can run, and he has power behind those legs too. He can truck a lot of people if he needed to. Um but I'm just really interested to see what he does. He's he's a go-getter. He's a fighter. He's He definitely commands the locker room, and he's going to earn that respect. I just hope Chicago doesn't ruin him. Do you have any concerns, Dave? Uh, you know, I know you've scouted a lot of these quarterbacks and, and just past Ohio State quarterbacks. So this, You know, we talk a lot, Brandon and I have, about the stigma of, like, big schools and, you know, some quarterbacks just, not making it year after year from the same kind of program, Justin Fields in this lineage of, you know, poor pros from Ohio state. You think Justin Fields has, you know, clearly you're very high on him. What, what about him can, can shake that, you know, from the Dwayne Haskins and other kind of failed well, projects at, at Ohio state. Um, the, what quarterbacks came out of what schools, by same players, players from schools, to me, it's the most lazy narrative in the world. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> Every player is different. Every situation is different. Uh, what happened with a player drafted five years ago has nothing to do with what's going to happen with right. a player drafted today. It's just, it's one of those things that seems to be a coincidence. Um, but 
I just I put no stock in it because it's different coaching staffs, it's different teams, it's different players, it's different everything. So you just got to look at everyone individually. And you know, when you look at Fields, you see all the talent. I mean, Brandon brought it up. He's talked about all the great things that he can do. And when you talk about Chicago, they have some weapons. He's not going to a depleted roster. You got Allen Robinson, who's a number one wide receiver. You got David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, who are good running backs. So it's not like he's going to, you know, a dire situation. Right. He's going to have some some legit NFL players who can help him and can help progress him even quicker. And so, you know, the question is how much do you believe in Matt Nagy as a coach? I actually think Matt Nagy is a good coach. I think he's done a good job in Chicago. Um, and, you know, we'll just have to wait and see, you know. At the end of the day, everyone can project what they want, but it's still just opinions until he's out there and doing it every Sunday and showing us that he can uh, take his game to the next level. You know, who knows? But uh, I think everything I've seen of him shows that he's got the goods to do it and do it really, really well. The Andy Dalton QB1 era in Chicago <laughs> may be fleeting, guys. And I is... <laughs> I think is a... a little bit, actually. I do. I think Dalton's going to get maybe one or two weeks. I just... I don't know. Maybe I'm being naive, but I do think he's going to start. I don't think you're being naive. I agree with you. I think I actually even think he might get to week four, um, but <laughs> that's pushing it for me. It's uh, it's just interesting that um, how it all comes together, right? It's kind of a similar, uh, kind of similar timeline to when Chicago selected Mitchell Trubisky and Mike Lennon was the starter, and that didn't last too long either. But uh, you know, yeah, I got we'll see there and, and something, you know, rolling along with these quarterbacks, something yeah, you guys one last point about Chicago though. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Intrigued. Uh, and there's one quarterback in this room that nobody's talking about anymore. And that's Nick Foles. I'm very intrigued to see what's happening with Nick Foles and his situation, because he's a legit backup and he should be a number two on somebody's team. Uh, I have one that I would love for him to go to Joe Douglas. If you have this, I think uh, making a move for a guy like Nick Foles and have Chicago pick up some of that salary cap would be very smart. So. That's what okay. I think he should get. Yeah, I heard Connor Hughes of the Athletic um, kind of mention that Nick Foles would be would be great in that quarterback room and right now, for the Jets. And right now, the Jets don't have a backup quarterback, which is kind of astonishing because we have a 21 year old quarterback who kind of looks like he should be a part of One Direction and not in the quarterback room of the New York Jets. So, you know, we we need somebody in there. So, it'd be really interesting. I thought Alex Smith tangent here. Brandon, you have to deal with it. Sorry. Uh, I thought Alex Smith would be great backup for the Jets, but that didn't happen. So bring on Nick Foles, baby. Super Bowl champion Nick Foles. Oh, shut up. <laughs> we got Joe Douglas that third ring. Let's just say it. Oh, my God. But speaking of things falling into laps, <laughs> Mac Jones was just hand delivered by the NFL to Foxborough, something that we kind of, you know, kind of piecing together the draft and the puzzle that it is and when it starts to take shape and, you know, right after the season ends and, Oh, you know, Mac Jones, the Alabama new England connection. What do you guys think of him just falling into the lap of Bill Belichick and is, you know, when they'll have his quarterback, when are things not given to the Pats? I need answers to that. When, when do things not fall into their lap? Like everything goes their way okay outside of this past season whatever but they still got cam newton even though i it's hard for me to say i think it's over for my boy cam <sighs> that hurt i'm sorry that really had to take a second there right, uh a, but uh no that was enough that was enough I was, i'll sulk out, outside of the podcast um i think this is a perfect pick for them i don't i really think that this is kind of like a a band-aid until they really try to the play to get Jimmy G again. Cause I really see Jimmy G going back to the Patriots. I don't, I don't see why not. I know, I know uh, Belichick wanted to keep him, but that whole situation that was going on in new England at the time when Tom is still there, but I really do see porn star Jimmy going back there. And you think, uh, you think the Patriots drafted Mac Jones just as a placeholder to get Jimmy G back. I really think they want Jimmy G. I, I know they're going to take something because there's no definites here, uh, but I still think Belichick just has – he has a soft spot for Jimmy. He just wants him back. It's so bad. I don't care what anybody says he does. Yes, Mac, Mac Jones can sit there and, and learn under him while they're still somewhat competitive because Cam's not going to be there next year. I, I don't see why not. 
I don't see why not. This is my hot take. You can deal with it. Patriots get whatever they want. Dave, look like you have something to say. <laughs> I have so many thoughts on Mac Jones for the Patriots. It's almost <laughs> because I, I, okay. I like Mac Jones. I think he's got a lot of talent, but I don't love him. I'm not ready to like pound the table saying he's going to be an all pro quarterback. I don't believe that. So what's interesting to me is like twofold. Number one, uh, I think he's in a very good situation. Listen, the Patriots are a well-coached organization and a well-coached team, but there's going to be a lot of pressure on him because I know everyone that I've talked to as a Patriots fan has told me like, Oh, like everyone's over Tom Brady. We had cam. Now he had like that one year buffer. That is not true. People are already comparing him to Tom Brady. And I feel for the kid. Cause like, no matter how well he plays, he's never going to be Tom Brady. That's impossible. So the expectations are like, he's going to save us. We're going to continue to win. Mac Jones is going to be the guy. I, I just don't believe that. So I also think it's interesting because if he was like their guy, don't you make a move to go get your guy? You don't like let yeah, that guy Thank fall. you. That's what I was going to say. And like, I just, I find that very odd. I watched the video when they selected him. And even then it just was like, and listen, I know it's the Patriots and they're very like, you know, Magoo and you know, all the time, but it was just very like, all right, yeah, everyone likes him. We're good. Okay, Mac, congratulations, you're a Patriot. And listen, I know he's pumped and rightfully so. It's a, it, he will do, he fell into the best spot for him. I think Absolutely. there's a lot of uh, positive positives of him going to the Patriots. However, yeah, I don't, I just don't see him being the guy. Uh, personally, I so, yeah, I, I think he'll have a, a fine career, but I think Patriot fans are still in for a long rebuild. Uh, I know they think this team is going to get instantly better. And listen, getting a lot of their defensive players back will be very helpful, but let's call it as it is. Bill Belichick is not great at drafting offensive skill positions, wide receivers. I mean, who's their number one receiver. I can't even tell you off the top of my head. I think it's born. Maybe they drafted two Titans in the third round last year. In the third round, you should get starters. Both those guys are clearly not playing because they went out and got Smith and Hunter Henry. So, you have to, if you have to fix draft picks from last year with two key free agents, that's not a great sign. Yeah, I it's guess. really been the downfall of, of the dynasty, really, has been poor drafting. And, and they've never really, until this year, been free agent players. You know, they always, that aftermarket, right? The, that second, third wave is really where they pick. You know, they get the discounts and they, they get some great pieces, but they've never spent like they've spent this year. And they've, drafted really poorly to be honest well, credit to them they drafted really well like defensively defensive line uh, sure linebackers, they, those have been great but when you look at like running back wide receiver, yeah the lines have been solid the yeah. lines inside the skill positions though that's just not bill strength and i i in the nfl you have to score points now i understand you can have a good defense and slow the other team down and put some points on the board but in the nfl nowadays you're not stopping patrick Mahomes. he's gonna score even if you're the patriots so you've got to be able to keep up and I just don't see it with this offense. I still think the Patriots are in for a rude awakening. Just, and that's it. being totally unbiased. Or I actually truly believe and, that. And I think, you know, the pressure for Mac Jones is there. But I, we all know so many Patriot fans that still think Tom Brady's their quarterback and they're riding the wave in Tampa. Like, and, and that's fine. I get it. Like, if as a Yankee fan, if Derek Jeter left and he still had something left and he didn't fall apart like he did and, you know, he played somewhere else and he won a world series. I would, as long as it wasn't the Red Sox, I would be happy. You know, I'd, I'd root for the guy. So I totally understand. And I think a lot of Patriot fans just kind of know what is happening and see the writing on the wall and just kind of hope to be competitive, but they still have Tom to keep them entertained. If that, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. A uh, big NFC East trade that kind of had us scratching our heads, but in a good way. And, and uh, you know, after corners, J.C. Horn, uh, he went eight to Panthers and Patrick Sertan from Alabama went um, nine to, to Denver. They went off the board. The Cowboys made a trade within their division. Uh, they traded 10 to the Eagles for number 12 and a third rounder. And the Eagles grabbed... Heisman Trophy winner, Devonta Smith. And the Cowboys picked up Penn State linebacker, Michael Parsons. Hayes, I'll start with you because you're, you're uh, you know, you're the Eagles fan here. What do you think of, of your boy Howie trading up, trading within his division and grabbing a piece that you guys so desperately needed? 
So Sam clearly wants to fight because he called Howie my boy. So um, we are going to start selling tickets for the pay-per-view for that because next time he says that Howie's my boy, I'm driving to Sam's house. Uh, (laughs) I can't stand Howie. I don't care how well he drafts, even though this was a phenomenal draft, in my opinion, for especially what he's done in recent years. I can't give Howie his credit. He's got like, 15 more drafts to prove me right or make me feel some type of way about him in a positive light. But I am very, very happy with what happened. Uh, Sam, you know, is as much as better than probably anybody, uh, how I felt when they traded the sixth pick with the options that they had readily available at that point in time. Uh, And then to work themselves back to the 10th pick uh, and still have three first round picks next year. Uh, that was, that was a solid move. I, there's, uh, that was really, really solid, uh, picking up Dickerson and, and the second round pick, uh, picking up a couple wide receivers, safeties, uh, tight ends. I, I do really like that. They filled all the needs, uh, that they needed to fill. I, I, I know people were kind of concerned with the Dickerson, uh, second round pick as a stretch thinking for a corner, uh, looking for like a Santi, uh, Santi Samuel Jr., uh, which would have been great too. But Jason Kelsey's not going to be there for much longer. And that is the heart and soul of that line. So they need to think about the future. And also Brandon Brooks may not be there this season either, uh, but he's also always hurt too. And Lane is is hurt as well. So they, they got to rebuild that line somehow, some way. And I think this is the biggest, this shows that they truly believe in Jalen. Uh, I, I think all the rumors that you heard about, oh, the Jalen's not their guy. I think by going out and getting this is like we're we're going to get two of your former guys. Uh, we're we're fully behind you, uh, at least for this season. Uh, so I, I I'm honestly uh, truly intrigued to see what what they do next. Uh, again, there's there's a lot of moving pieces here. Zach Ertz still needs to be traded uh, if they're going to finally go through with that, which I'm pretty sure they will. I'm sure he'll probably land with the Colts with Carson, but um, yeah, I, I, I loved it. I have a whole lot more to say, but this is not about me. This is about everybody. So did you think, was there a moment when you saw the Eagles traded to 10 that you thought it was maybe Justin Fields or did you know it was, no, you're going I, wide out? I, I never thought it was a, 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 a quarterback. I thought at least it might've been a corner. Um, I know the two that we wanted were gone. Um, I definitely want to Sertan. Uh, certain excuse me so pretty badly but it's okay uh when when they when they traded up i was just like those two are gone it has to be wide receiver it has to be devonta smith i was like please lord please be it. <laughs> and then they did it and i was like okay i'm i'm good now i can shut up so i i just like i just like who they compare him to which is a reggie wayne and, and a, a marvin harrison both hall of famers but I, I and that's a long stretch but his route running is phenomenal Thoughts on the trade, Dave? Yeah, I uh, I thought it was pretty obvious what was going to happen if the trade didn't go through. I think all the reporting had said the Giants were very uh, enamored with Devonta Smith and the Cowboys clearly wanted uh, Pastor Chan. So I think once and you know credit to Howie for moving up and getting the guy he wanted um, and not like sitting back and saying, well, I made a trade. I can just sit back now and you know see what falls to me. He knew who he wanted. He went and got him. I always appreciate that uh, when. GMs are bold and say, this is my guy. I'm going to get him. Um, and it's clear once that happened, the Giants were like, well, our guy's gone, so we're going to trade back. And ultimately, I thought it was a really smart deal because I said, you know what? They got another first, and we'll see what they do. Um, but, you know, they listen, they draft the wide receiver, so they clearly were uh, valuing Smith. And, the, and then, yeah, go, uh, go ahead. I think we're going to say the same thing. No, I was going to say, and then you, you saw what Dallas did. Uh, moving back, still getting a very, very talented linebacker. Um, I thought all the trades made sense, and I can't fault any of them for what they did. I thought they all were very, very smart. Yeah, I agree. When the you know those corners, it was rumored that Cowboys, and now even rumored. I mean, you look at their depth chart. Cowboys need help in the secondary, and those corners were gone. They still end up with a, a you know an extra third and a hell of a backer in uh, Michael Parsons. Uh, going to to Dallas and he just kind of seems like a Dallas Cowboy uh, to me but you know kind of transitioning here uh, talk some winners and losers so I 
you know, we're talking about Eagles making a great trade here. Um, I think I'm going to start here with winners. I'm going to jump you, Dave, because I think we're going to have a similar one. But I loved what Joe Douglas and the uh, the New York Jets did. You know, Zach Wilson, that's great. Hopefully, you know, hopefully he pans out. But to be able to build a team around him and to, to you know, identify your guy. They had Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, interior lineman um, from USC that can play up and down the offensive line as a top 10 player and to move up from 23 to 14, you could say they gave up a little bit too much, but they know identified their guy in a big spot. And I don't care. Um, you know, we got that extra third round pick for Jamal Adams. Thanks Jamal. Peace out. And um, you know, Makai Becton and Tucker on Vera Tucker on that left side of the line is going to be scary. I hope. <laughs> So I'll give you my player, my team, my situation. Uh, player, I'm right there with you, Zach Wilson, because Joe Douglas didn't let him down. He added a ton of offensive talent around him. You know, we talked about last week. I heaped a ton of praise on Elijah Barry Tucker. I told you how much I wanted him. Yep. In my dream scenario, he was the guy the Jets got, but I knew they were going to have to trade up. I love that Joe Douglas was aggressive. I just talked about how I think it's a really smart move by GMs. The weird like narrative that like he traded too much. He traded like 45 points. Like what? Yeah. Is that? Don't understand it. Really smart deal, got great value back in my opinion, and got his guy. And so I think he's going to plug and play at left guard next to Beckton for the next 10 years. You talk about Elijah Moore, who fell to them in the second round, who they also have as a first-round grade, who's another offensive weapon. You look at the weapons that's actually having, Corey Davis, Mims, we, you know, we saw flashes and he's got a lot of upside. Moore, same thing. We hope that he can be special. Um, you know, they added Keelan Cole, and then they still have Jameson Crowder. So that's a legit wide receiver group. Uh, way better than anything Sam ever had. Um, the offensive line's a little bit better. And then Michael Carter, uh, I actually tweeted this out. I sent a, dra- a dream draft scenario for the Jets uh, to a buddy of mine a few days before the draft. And my picks were Zach Wilson, Elijah Rare Tucker. I had Asante Samuel at 34 and Penn, Michael Carter at 86. He actually fell a little later. Uh, so I was I'm very high on him, uh, very fast. He's exactly the kind of running back you want for this kind of offense they're going to run. So I could not be happier. Uh, with that, I thought the winner for me clearly was Zach Wilson. Uh, team, I thought the Chargers did a great job. Uh, they had three players I really like: Sean Slater, uh, the offensive tackle. They clearly needed to protect uh, Herbert. They did that with him. I just mentioned that I was a fan of Asante Samuel. I thought they got a really good value with him at 47. And then at 118, Chris Rumpf, uh, the linebacker from Duke, crazy high motor, just constantly giving his all. So three picks I really like for the Chargers. I thought they had a really strong draft. And the situation, the guy I actually think landed in the best spot possible is Kyle Trask, uh, quarterback from Florida who went to Tampa Bay. It's a great system. Uh, he's learned from Tom Brady. He gets to stay in Florida. All those things to me just scream the best situation possible. And if, you know, he could sit behind Tom for, you know, three, four, however many years Tom Brady decides he wants to play until he's 70. Uh, you know, I think Trask potentially can take that job and uh, maybe flourish. He's got some talent and he's going to learn from a really, really good quarterback. So those are my big winners of the draft. Yeah, I really like that Kyle Trask pick, Dave, because I feel like that's just the Bucks identifying, all right, you know, this kind of quarterback works for us. Let's let's roll it back and, you know, if, if we can develop Kyle Trask into, you know, something that that'd be great. Uh Hayes, what some winners uh from this past draft weekend for you. So being that I don't follow uh the rules that Sam puts in play, I uh Came up with my own winners here. Uh, number one for me is uh, small wide receivers. There you uh, go. This is something that the NFL has shied away from for quite some time. And in this draft, they did not shy away for it, from it. And I'm so happy for those that are vertically challenged like myself. Um, <laughs> Waddle, 5'9", Devontae Smith, 6'1", uh, Rondell Moore, 5'7", uh, Atwell, Five nine, uh, so I, I just love the fact that they're now going for smaller players. As we know that they, this was kind of something that was a stigmatism for quarterbacks as well, being small players, uh, and they didn't they didn't do that until Russell Wilson came and blew up the league, and now that's a little bit different too. Now you see the likes of uh, what's his name? Why can't I think of his name out? And um, Tyler, Tyler, uh, but there was somebody else that I was thinking of too, at the top of my head, but I can't think of it. Uh, 
Well, Baker Lamar. is a little bit taller. He's a little bit taller, but he doesn't look that tall. But um, I, I'm just very, very happy that these guys are now being uh, not even just wide receivers just used for speed and, and gadgets and whatnot. Like they're actually number ones. <laughs> you know, they're actually guys that are being used and and are in the top of the league, like Tyreek Hill, who is also the fastest man on the planet outside of Usain Bolt. But that's a whole nother situation. Um I'm just very, very happy about that. So that's number one for me. Uh, number two would be yours, New York Jets. Uh, I am very, 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 very impressed outside of who we already knew they were going to draft first. But as you both alluded to, they actually built the team around them. And it just kind of makes like a little sub loser here in this situation for me, which would be for Sam Darnold, because it's like, how does he feel seeing that they actually went and got these pieces and started putting around him, Wilson, and not around Sam? I, I think uh, it's kind of crappy that that happened to Sam, but it is what it is. Uh, Sam's in a hopefully in a better position. I uh, know he has one of the best running backs in the league, if not the best running back in the league. Uh, and my other winner would be the Bears, but more so Justin Fields. Uh, I'm extremely happy for him uh, that a team went up and got him. And, and as Dave said earlier, they already have some viable pieces there. So it's not as if he's going to uh, a graveyard team uh, that he has no chance of really flourishing. He has a potential chance. We'll have to see what the system's like and what they implement to, to put in place to make him a better player uh, and what work he does, but he's a go-getter. So I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued by that. Again, I really hate that I, I like this Ohio State quarterback so much. It hurts my soul. Yeah, that's, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> well, transitioning to losers of this draft, uh, your boy, no, no one's boy, Urban Meyer. <laughs> yeah. This, we're talking about bad situations for players or, and, and for teams. Do I know Urban Meyer didn't, and the new regime in Jacksonville didn't draft James Robinson. Actually, no one drafted James Robinson, uh, signed him. But were they paying attention to this team? Like Travis Etienne, different kind of back for sure. But do you need to spend first round capital on a running back when you have a ultimate lottery ticket in your backfield already, guys? I, I that that was really confusing to me. Yeah, the thing that threw me off was that after they after the draft, he actually commented that he wanted. Kadarius Tony, who the Giants picked. And so I was <laughs> yeah, like, that's right. I was very surprised. I was like, listen, I appreciate the transparency, but like to me, it just doesn't make a ton of sense because, like, sure, you could say, like, hey, Kadarius Tony is a player we like valued, but just like it kind of came off like he wanted him instead of Etienne. And uh, I don't know. I just, I, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, he was actually, I, I hate using the word loser because, like, to me, like, when you're talking like players, there's no loser in the NFL draft. Sure, there. sure. The NFL. But like, I didn't love Urban Meyer's look. You know, he drafted a lot of players who he had recruited and offered scholarship to as a coach of Ohio State. Um, and so I just, I do think, I do worry that his college coaching philosophies could eventually turn some of his players that are already on the team kind of on him a little bit out of envy. You know, um, the rest of the draft was not my favorite, but it was fine for the, for the Jaguars. Um, but I'll run through the rest of mine. The team that, I don't want to say I, I didn't like their draft. I just, like other players that were available, would be the Colts. Uh, they selected Quiddy Pay. Uh, I would have picked Christian Darisaw. The Colts have a needed offensive tackle. Uh, you guy mentioned him last week. I'm very high on him. He only went two picks later to Minnesota at 23, which was the Jets uh, traded that pick to. Um, and then in the second, the Colts went with Vanderbilt defensive end uh, Deo. Ade, I'm going to butcher this name. Deo. I didn't. The Vanderbilt defensive end. <laughs> Clip that. I like Clip it. That. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, he suffered a torn, a torn Achilles tendon in January and might not play a snap this season. And then it's funny because we mentioned Sam Darnold. They picked uh, Terrence Marshall Jr., the wide receiver from LSU. He was picked five, layers, five spots later by the Panthers. I'm very high on him. I Likewise. A great career. Mm -hmm. And going in and playing with Darnold and some of those offensive weapons, he will not be doubled. He's going to have a lot of opportunity to really shine. And I think he's going to be very, very good. And in, saying all, in saying all that, Chris Ballard of the GM of the Colts has done an incredible job of drafting. So he gets the benefit of the doubt. I just like other players on the board better than the guys they picked. So that's my team. And then situation, uh, 
Davis Mills, um, the quarterback that Sam, you mentioned last week, he seems like he's going into just a mess. Houston just seems like they have everything going on just in the wrong direction. So the truth is he actually might get to start this year. Tyrod's probably the starter, but like you never know. They could turn to him. So there's just a lot of uncertainty with Deshaun Watson. And so he's just going to have a very unorthodox rookie season to me. So situation-wise, might not work out the best. Who knows? Maybe he plays and tears it up and it's the best situation possible. But I, yeah, everything about Houston right now is just screams red flags. So those yeah. Well, losers. Yeah, there the Texans were on my list for losers too because you know they didn't have a first or a second round pick, and then because of the situation with Deshaun, and again we'll see how that all unfolds. But you're they kind of you know did they need to take a quarterback of the future or I don't know if Davis Mill I don't think Davis Mills is quarterback of the future, but did they need to take a quarterback in the third round when there's so many glaring holes, you know, and you lose Will Fuller. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Like who's catching passes. They signed a million running backs that like retread running backs in their backfield, which we like to make fun of, but there's so many holes on this team. And did they need to draft a quarterback there? And yeah, I'll take an L. I, I thought Davis Mills was going at the end of the first round. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I <laughs> own it here. I, I was just, I was dying laughing. Cause I remember you both were like, yeah, no first round they'd be talked about. For the record, I see I'm not say first round. Let's no, D- true. Dave, Dave did, not. did not. I was Sam did. Sam did. Sam doubled down. I, I, I listen. I'm not. I'm, it's not option, about you, man. It's, it's not thing. about you right now. It's not about you. This is right. about me right now. Right. <laughs> when it got and I got out of the first round, I was like, hmm, he's not yeah, here. I thought of it too. Out of the second round, I was like, hmm, he's not here. Third round, I was like, oh, there he goes. That's the guy they were talking about. Oh, okay. Got it, <laughs> but it's okay. Nobody knows. And I was like, what, what were the hot takes though? I mean, I, I predicted first five quarterbacks in the top 15. You mm-hmm. got Najee Harris. Hey, so what was your prediction? Did you get it right? Uh, what was my hot take? I don't even remember what my hot take was. Damn, we're not afraid to own it when we're right. Yeah, or no, wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <That's for sure>. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, I thought it was kind of crazy that Jamar Chase was gonna go to Cincinnati and not Penny Soul. Uh, so <sighs> hot take for at least saying what the f to the Bengals. I, I Jamar Chase would love, love, love him catching, you know, catching Zach Wilson passes. So don't get me wrong, hell of a receiver. But so is T Higgins. So is Tyler Boyd. You could, uh, you know, uh, oh, who else is on that team catching ball? Like Auden Tate. I don't know. But like, do you really need Jamar Chase? No, but I get it. J- Joe Burrow. I get it. Uh, but I also want Joe Burrow upright. You got to keep your quarterback healthy, though. Yeah. Yep. That, that was uh, – I'm glad you brought that up because I, I wanted – I have – that was like my third, like, loser. But it's just like you're not really a loser because you're getting Jamar Chase, right? right? But you are a loser because you're not getting a guy that is a future Hall of Famer, which we all essentially believe that um, at this point in time. But, again, we don't know. Uh, but – how do you he's he's a can't miss prospect at this point and he could have protected him forever forever i just don't i would have definitely taken an offensive lineman over over chase it, it's hard, you, hard for me to say did you see dan campbell and the lions uh war room when when the sewell pick was made it looked like they were gonna jump through like the screen they He's were the so amped perfect player for detroit i love Absolutely. the draft mm-hmm. they did so well and i've yeah. been on record and I, <clears throat> I told sam i've been a dan gamble guy for years he comes from the parcells coaching tree i actually he was one of the coaches i wanted the jets to interview and potentially hire uh, and everyone told me i was absolutely nuts um and who knows maybe he won't work out in detroit but i just think uh i'm a big fan of him i think he's gonna bring a real energy to that team and i thought they just crushed their draft they did they did uh, uh- Go ahead, Sam. No, go ahead. I I want you to finish. It's uh, your my, turn. My oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I lucked up, everybody. I'm uh, amped. <laughs> the Broncos. I had them as one of my losers. I get it. You got Sertan, right? Broncos are also known for their hard-nosed defense, but you have a opportunity of getting Justin Fields and potentially curing your quarterback woes and you say no we're just going to go defense uh i i know with what we're going to talk about a particular person that essentially ruined the draft 
uh, the whole weekend uh, because the news came out about him. That would be Aaron Rodgers. I know they were one of the first teams to contact and have been trying to get him there. Uh, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers goes there. I think they're going to have to give up a lot. But with John Elway there, I'm pretty sure he would give up a lot. He'd probably give up his self if he could uh, just to get Aaron Rodgers there. But um, I definitely had them as one of one of my losers uh, for sure. Uh, the other team, I think that I had another team. Uh, well, yeah, we already said the Texans, but I mean, they're pretty much losing with everything right now. So I don't think we really have to go too deep in that. We know what's going on there. Uh, just a real, real terrible situation that's going on there right now. It's not a, not a good, it's leaving a stain on the NFL and it just, they just are terrible with everything that they're doing. I, uh, I think one of your losers is probably the same as my, it is because we talked about this uh, Friday morning, the Raiders, <laughs> them too. Uh, you know, Alex Leatherwood going, I think it was 17 overall. Hey, Dave, Dave. For that. I, I like Leatherwood. I don't know if I take him 17. So I understand like, but I think he's talented. He was somebody I liked for the Jets at 23 if they didn't trade back. Uh, I don't understand the hate for that pick. He's a talented player. He's a good football player. And he's a plug-and-play player. He's going to play day one, and I think he's going to play well. Okay. Yeah, hey. I, I was surprised by by people, you know, get on them. I understand the value. People thought he might go a little later. But, I mean, I didn't have that much longer. I but pick, so. isn't it a value game isn't the the nfl draft a value proposition isn't it yes, but sometimes i always say like if, if your guy is your guy sure you got your guy there grab it Wilson, yeah. t- take him like yeah sure could they trade it back yeah maybe um but you know what they they liked him and so i i have no problem with that you know i understand people don't value him the same way i do that's fine uh i think he's i think he's a good player you know it's it's hard revisionist history when we go back and say you know, you look at the Raiders draft a couple of years ago and they draft Farrell and there was still um, J- Josh Allen from the Jaguars now, the linebacker, defensive ed um, there. You know, people thought that was kind of a reach. Then it still kind of looks like it's still kind of a reach, but it's revisionist history. You, you know, you're going to say. I'm to remember when the Raiders drafted Robert Gallery. I think it was yep. four. Second, and everyone, and everyone second was, overall. Second overall. Everyone's like, Oh my God! Like can't miss. It's this is perfect. And like he was fine, but he moved around the line a lot. He was like a stud left tackle who played there his entire career and protected. Like you know, he had a very very solid NFL career, but number two overall, probably not. So you know, <laughs> it happens. Okay. Any uh any uh last thoughts on the NFL draft before we put a bow on this thing and and uh, move on? Will Joe Douglas the statue tomorrow? <laughs> Let's go. Gosh, I got nothing. All right. It's time to uh to play our favorite game. Do you care? Hey, hey guys, do you care about Aaron Rodgers? The reigning yes. MVP is so disgruntled with the Green Bay Packers that he told some people within the organization that he just doesn't want to play for the team. Um, you know, this is Adam Schefter dropped the bomb hours before uh the draft on Thursday. Do you guys care, uh, Hayes? Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Um, I care, I care, but then there's a part of me that doesn't care. You know why, and I'm going to share with everybody why I don't care uh, as well. But the reason why I care is because, as you mentioned, he is the le- current league MVP. Uh, to hear this news, to hear that he wants out, to hear that he's not coming back until the GM's actually fired. Um, you had. Mike McCarthy fired last year or what was it two years ago right um you just want everybody fired and you want it your way um but again he's a hall of fame quarterback and you went and drafted his replacement with a second round pick and you traded up traded up first first traded up there you go you traded up for Jordan Love uh if that doesn't say hey you're gonna be replaced very soon I don't know what does um and you didn't talk to him about it uh, that that is definitely a smack in the face for a guy that has done so much and has one of the most electrifying arms in the history of NFL. Uh, so I, I, for that, yes. But uh, the other side, uh, Aaron Rodgers is a diva. And I'm at this point, uh, he has the mentality slash personality of a wide receiver, uh, and this is what they always got uh, a bad rap for, but 
the difference is he's a quarterback and he doesn't get it and he should because as much as I hear about Aaron Rodgers, uh, it's never really good stuff uh, family-wise. Getting McCarthy out, now once the GM gone, it, it's it's always some drama, uh, can't keep himself in a relationship. I, I hear and pay attention to all the negative things about him. Uh, I just don't think he's overall the greatest person, um, which is why he's never, I mean, he's been, he was the face of the league for a little bit, but that didn't last too long um, because he's not really a likable guy in my opinion. So yeah, that's my two cents. I don't care. Hey, uh, Dave. <laughs> I really care. Yeah. So thank goodness he's not the Jets quarterback because this gets me fired up. I was talking to, uh, on Twitter with my buddy, Pete Bukowski, he's the uh, lead of the uh, Lockdown Packers podcast. And he had tweeted something, I replied to him. And I said, hot take, Rodgers is being immature, needs to get over himself. I don't think Green Bay should ever acquiesce. Uh, let him threaten to retire. He has zero leverage other than that. If he does, so be it. Jordan Love starts. Packer fans have been blown up my mentions for the past like three days or this. <laughs> It's been insane. People think I'm an idiot or people think like I'm like a genius. And they absolutely agree with me. Uh, I just, I don't understand what Aaron Rodgers is so upset about. Let's context really matters here. Before he was the MVP, he was trending downward. He was injured, but he yep. was trending downward. So you can't be like, Oh, it's a terrible decision to potentially eventually think about your future. Good teams plan in advance. And listen, when I drafted Jordan Love in the first round, I would not. And I understand that he is not Aaron Rodgers. He will never be Aaron Rodgers. However, plenty of teams in the NFL have won without Hall of Fame quarterbacks or top five all-time quarterbacks. So for that, everyone to be like, oh, they're, you know, they're nothing without Aaron Rodgers. Are they worse team tomorrow? A thousand percent. If you're retired, the team's not as good. I'm not saying they're not a playoff team. Nobody knows. Who knows what Jordan Love uh, would be. But yes, they're clearly not as good. So I understand fans who are like, well, we want to win a Super Bowl. We're right there. I get that. That's what's so frustrating. It's like, why is Aaron Rodgers mad? Your team, it was one game away from going to the Super Bowl. And honestly, if they get to the Super Bowl, they probably win the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady threw, if I'm not mistaken, two interceptions at the end of that game. Rodgers had a chance to win that game. He lost that game. Thank you. I'm like, what are you upset about? You have one of the best running backs in the NFL in Aaron Jones. You have arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL in Devontae Adams. You have one of the best left tackles in Bakhtiari. Like, your team is very good. Your defense is good. Like, you want one more wide receiver? Like, is what? Like, what is the frustration? I it, because they're not giving you every single thing you want. I'm sorry, man. Like, the Packers have been around long before you got there, and they're gonna be there long after you're gone. So, like, I just I don't understand it. It gets me super fired up because, like, what? What? Why does he like? Where does he want to go? He talks about Denver and the Raiders. Like, those teams aren't as good. Is it only about like power and like? I'll say this: if it's just about money and he wants to be paid more, I understand it. And I'm fine with that. He is worth way more than I think $7 million that his contracts do to him. So like, yeah, give the man three times that easily four times that he's worth every penny. And if it's money thing, I understand it, but like going about it this way, it just feels like it's not, it feels very personal. And I just, it rubs me the wrong way. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm very amped about this situation. I'm very intrigued to see how it unfolds. Uh, but like, yeah, if I'm the Packers, I'm telling them you're playing for us or you're not playing in the NFL anymore and you can retire early. I mean, he's 37. He's not like he's got like, you know, a ton of football left in front of him. So, yeah, I I, I appreciate that they're hardlining him. I think they're going to do it. The uh, Bengals do it with uh, Carson Palmer and just say, you don't want to show up. You don't have to play, but you're not playing for anybody else until, you know, middle of next year. And depending on how the team's playing, if Rodgers just starts throwing a fit uh, and somebody gets injured, maybe they trade him. But, yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I you could totally make the case about Jordan Love not needing to be drafted, not needing to be traded up. I mean, we talked about revisionist history. You want to trade up a couple more picks, you could have gotten Justin Jefferson. Brandon Ayuk was one pick before that. Uh, T. Higgins, we talked about Michael Pittman, all available. Laviscus, Chenault, all would look great at Lambeau Field catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. But you're right. He, he wasn't lighting the world on fire. And he's totally expendable after this year they could i don't i think if they trade him before june 1st now there's like a almost 40 million dollar cap hit um and he's you could cut him free next year and i think that's something he's worried am i wrong am i wrong you probably can i just i wouldn't i just no no of course not he's an asset you need to get something for that asset but from his point of view is he wants to cash it seems like 
he wants to cash in one more time and he wants to be paid like the hall of famer that he is. And I think one of the problems, and you know, I've, we've all read those scathing green Bay pieces about what really happened in the Mark, Mike McCarthy near the end of that era in green Bay. But I, I don't think anyone's really told Aaron Rodgers anything. And I think that's probably been a problem for a while. Uh, I think it's I think it's because of the Green Bay Packers situation because they don't have like a natural owner the way like right. both of those teams do. And normally you have an owner who like, you know, keep everybody happy and he's the kind of guy who'd be like, Oh, of course we're gonna pay you and Aaron, you're our guy. You know, they have a president, GM and a coach, and that's kind of their their structure. So like, you know, if he's mad at one of them, it's not like you can really like go to one of the other ones. They all have, you know, it's like a power grab there. It's, it's just a really interesting dynamic. Uh, but ultimately to me, it's just like, dude, you're gonna go down as one of the top five best quarterbacks to ever play the game. You are a Green Bay Packer. You're one of the best Green Bay Packers players of all time. So, like, why would you even try and tarnish your legacy on the way out? It just It doesn't make any sense. You saw what happened with Favre. Like, you know, you were there. You were part of that. Like, you should learn from it. Like, history, don't let her, like, don't repeat the same mistakes. Like, go out, try and win a Super Bowl with this team and leave. Like, imagine if you won a Super Bowl next year and left and was like, you know what? I just did it again. I'm going to retire. I just got engaged. I have a beautiful fiance and I have a great life. Maybe I'm going to host Jeopardy, which he did a fantastic job at. Like he could, he could walk away at the end of this year if he won a Super Bowl. Like at basically the pinnacle of his life, it'd be like everything coming together. It just feels like he's he's not looking at the big picture. He's just so focused on whatever is bothering him. And I don't know what that is. Nobody does. At least, at least I don't. Know. I think he's just too far down the rabbit hole of like yeah. being miserable or just thinking that he deserves more. And, and, you know, it's easy to get into a situation like that. We've probably had jobs in the past or situations where we felt like we needed to be appreciated more. And, you know, before Patrick Mahomes came along, he was probably one of the best athletes or just ways to play quarterback. Like the league hadn't seen before. And, you know, people telling him that and then all the the chip on his shoulder from San Francisco and having to sit behind Brett Favre for so long and then you know just lighting the NFL on fire and just I just don't think anyone's really ever pushed back at him and yeah the ownership too the way that it is and what I I don't know I I just my my leash is I don't have one for for Aaron Rodgers and just I just don't like the attitude he's always rubbed me the wrong way. So I just, you know, whatever. Do you guys think Aaron Rodgers is a Packer when the, when the season starts September, whatever, seventh, eighth, whatever. Yes. Yeah. I, I do believe he'll be a Packer. I believe he'll have a new contract and I believe he'll come out and say, Oh, this is all media stuff. I never said anything, which is totally not true. Cause clearly the Packers didn't leak anything. That was actually something I didn't bring up in my rant when I was rambling in my rant. I think that actually really, really also rubbed me the wrong way. It was, like he clearly is the one who leaked it or someone in his, in his team. Uh, and I didn't like that. He did it on draft night. That night is about those kids living their dream, getting that opportunity. Like they're the story. And Aaron Rodgers hijacked that and made it about him. And I did not appreciate that. I thought that was uh, un- just unclassy, quite frankly. You know, I think this is a time and place and the night of the draft where these kids are going to do, you know, have that moment and live their dreams. Nothing yeah. should shadow it. And Aaron Rodgers unfortunately did. And he was the main story leading up into the draft and pretty much the first night of the draft. And we talked about it during yeah, while like players were getting picked, which was really unfortunate. And, and that's why he's in, do you care? And I didn't lead the show. We didn't lead the show off with him because screw that. Hey, is any, any last thoughts on Aaron Rodgers? You just want to. No, we can move on. Move it, move it <laughs> along. Move it along. <laughs> hey guys, LeBron's back. Yay. Lakers star returned this weekend, but his return was ruined by the Kings by uh, they overcame a, a, a big deficit in the fourth quarter. After the game, LeBron said he doesn't think he'll ever be 100% healthy again. And, uh, you know, being on the bench for the last six weeks or so was one of the most stressful times of his life. And then just to add, he also ripped the new uh, the play in game, something that uh, Dallas Maverick owner Mark Cuban also did a couple weeks ago, and we we touched on that. Guys, do you uh, do you care about what LeBron said? Really? Yes. I I don't care about the playing tournament thing. I I can I can really care less I, about it. I, I it is what it is. I just want to see basketball. That that's that. I'll leave it at that for that. But 
the fact that he'll never be the same again. First off, Bron, you're getting old anyway. You're you're getting older. You're climbing up there. That's what's happening. But if anybody has ever uh, had a high ankle sprain injury, I have. Uh, it is something that, yes, it definitely slows you down. But this man puts like a million dollars into his body every year. Uh, I don't see this really slowing him down. I, I think this is just a way of him really realizing and saying to everybody, like, my body's starting to catch up to my age. Um, and I think we need to start realizing that LeBron ain't going to be around forever. It's going to be weird when he's gone because it's just a luxury of seeing him uh, on the court all the time. But uh, to, to hear that he was definitely down in the dumps while he was sitting down, like we know he's a very, very passionate player. What I didn't like, and it has, it has everything to do with this, but is not a part of this is that weasel skip Bayless uh, talking about LeBron wasn't born with a clutch gene uh, when LeBron in that same game hit a shot that put them in contention to potentially win the game. And he missed the shot that would have made them win the game. Skip Bayless. I, I just really hate when I hear uh, these analysts talk about players and you ain't play a lick of basketball professionally in your life. And you're talking about this man who is one of the greatest players of all time doesn't have a clutch gene. It just disgusts me. I I really wish I had the opportunity to slap the hell out of Skip Bayless. I'm done. Uh, Father time is undefeated, Mm -hmm. but anyone who bets against LeBron James needs to get their head checked. Thank you. uh, At at their own peril, because he is the best basketball player that's ever lived, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, I watched Jordan and I watched LeBron. I have a lot of thoughts on that. But Mm. am I concerned? Yes, high ankle sprains can take a long time to come back from. Sam, as you remember, Curtis Martin, one of my favorite players of all time, he had a high ankle sprain. He came back. He was not the same player. It hurt. But give LeBron time. He'll get himself in shape enough to get through the playoffs. Quite frankly, the reason they're losing is because Anthony Davis isn't playing very well either. So exactly, that's the real problem. Is it's it's the sum of all the parts they need to just get back on the same page. I believe they will. I think once the playoffs start, they'll be fine. They're still one of the best teams in the West. They're still one of the best teams in the NBA. Uh, I'm not worried about them yet, Uh, but you know, listen, LeBron is getting up there in age. And so you just gotta, you gotta be careful. He's got to know, and nobody knows his body better than him. He'll listen to himself. He'll do what's best. Uh, And I think when all is said and done, we'll still be talking about LeBron James going to next year is the best player in the league. Yeah, LeBron is seventh all-time in minutes played during the regular season with 49,999. This is as of yesterday. And playoff minutes all-time, he's first. So I don't know. I can't do math really quick, but it looks – because I'm not good at math, but it looks like he's like right up there all-time minutes played. Yeah, father time's undefeated. And – um. You know, it's just until until he's knocked down, like down down, I, I will I will believe it, and I you know I will care as as you guys mentioned too. Yeah, totally. Um, just the fact that what he does to t- to take care of himself, to prep, and to get his teammates involved, um, you could argue that you know there there aren't many players in sports that put in what LeBron does. And this is, this may be, you know, I don't, I don't think it's the end by any chance, but he's complete, you know, he's redefined himself so many times. He does what he needs to do to get his team to where it needs to be. And, you know, we'll just continue to see that. All right. Moving, moving on to major league baseball. Hey guys, do you care that Oakland athletics lefty and perennial Sam Favada fantasy baseball player, drafty jesus lazardo suffered a broken i think it was his left pinky while playing video games before saturday start that said the a's training staff checked him out said he could play he pitched and then they did the x-rays they placed him on the il the next day you guys care no no not at, not at all if you you're soft if you broke your pinky playing video games. That's all I have to say about you. 
Uh, yeah, the answer is no. Uh, I feel bad for him. Unfortunate situation. Uh, really weird story. You know, if anything, I feel bad for the Ace fans because the team's really good. They're one of the best teams in the AL. And so, obviously, you don't want to lose anyone from that team when you're playing good baseball on that team. And those fans have been watching them struggle for a few years. But, yeah, overall, no, I do not. Care. So this is this kind of like a situation where you lie to your, like, parents or to your friends about how something happened? Like, he he had to. I don't know if it came out that he punched something but he had to have right like i don't know i don't i don't come with a better whatever. story than you broke it playing video games and that's yeah. really bad i i have so you many punch the wall playing video games i get it all right uh, yeah we've all been there when like you're playing madden and the guy like throws that hail mary and you're like oh my god of course right and, you know, breaks the tackle yeah we've all been there. here's uh here's something to to get the uh to end the show with guys Former NFL quarterback, I'm just laughing reading this, and minor league baseball player for your beloved New York Mets, Dave. Tim Tebow recently worked out with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Reports suggesting that he could attempt a football comeback as a tight end after spending his career at quarterback. Hey, guys, do you care about the opportunistic Mr. Tim Tebow? No. I'm sick and tired of Tim Tebow. You had this opportunity when everybody was telling you this when you came out of college to be a position player because your career would last longer. You were hard-headed and you wanted to act like you were a quarterback, but you're not. You were great in the in college football. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in college football. Okay, great. How'd that work out in the NFL? Not great. All right. You could have been a tight end. You could have been a running back. You could have been a fullback. You could have been anything you wanted to be outside of being a quarterback because at that, you suck, my friend. That's it from me. Uh, Sam, this is where Hayes turns on me and never invites me back on the podcast. <laughs> I absolutely care. I absolutely love Tim Tebow. I'm going to be one of those people. Uh, I've been a fan for years. For the record, I have Tim Tebow's Jets jersey hanging in my closet. I love the guy. I'll explain why in two seconds. I think the story is hysterical. I was pumped when he was on the Mets. All my friends were my fans. Hated him. Gave me so much guff, and I understood it. But here's the reason I love Tim Tebow. I truly think if somebody has a dream and wants to chase it and puts in the work, I will always respect that. And I'll always appreciate that for all the crap we give Tim Tebow. The guy is, has passion and he wants to succeed at whatever he does for that. I will always respect him. Uh, I've also met him. Great dude. That influences a little bit, but uh, it's hysterical. If he comes back and plays with the Jaguars, he's not going to be an impact player. I don't think that's going to be a thing. You know, if they run him as a few gadget plays as like the new Taysom Hill, like, It'll be honestly hilarious. And if we get to see him Tebow one more time in the end zone, I'll lose my mind. It'll be unbelievable. Just the fact that I get to text my friends and give them all that guff and send them screenshots will just be, for me personally, uh, unbelievable. So, yeah, I care about this story a lot. I really hope he makes a comeback. I think it would be absolutely amazing. I could have gone, gone on for another three oh, I know. to cut this down. <laughs> That's great. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence really has to deal with Tim Tebow. It's like you're one of the most accomplished quarterbacks of all college quarterbacks of all time versus happening in jacksonville which is incredible you know everyone's like all the new york tabloids i hope jacksonville tabloids and national media have just a field day if he becomes a quarterback and and lawrence just like goes ballistic it's uh we'll we'll leave that there and i I heard urban meyer just bought a house right near tim tebow so oh god God. that's next week on chasing points podcast (laughs) (laughs) that's it guys what do you uh drafts over it's in the books this podcast is nearly over in the books. What are you guys looking forward to this week on the sports calendar? Part two of the Nets Bucks game. Uh, they're playing again this week. Uh, they played on Sunday, Saturday. Uh, game was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, came down to the wire. So I'm absolutely ecstatic to see what is a potential uh, uh, Eastern Conference finals game. Uh, so I, I definitely paying attention to that. Yeah, as a Nets fan, I am as well. Uh, my heart is not ready for this series because that game on Sunday was back and forth, but it was yes, amazing it was. basketball. And so I am looking forward to watching them play again. Uh, and I am really looking forward when James Harden's healthy so that yep. everyone's back on the court. 
However, that is not the thing I'm most looking forward to. Uh, for me, the thing I'm most looking forward to is the 2022 NFL draft. I've already started reading all the mocks, looking at players for next year. Uh, I'm all over the tight end from Texas A&M. So yeah, I, uh, Sam, get ready. Our group text for the Jet fans is going to be blown. I'll put the 2032 future picks for the Jets very soon. There you go. There you go. Awesome. awesome. And, uh, and uh, Sunday, Mother's Day. So um, happy Mother's Day. Your moms, your wives, your, your mother, you know, whatever. Everyone, you love them. And uh, happy Mother's Day, everybody. Hey, Dave, thank you so much for, for coming back and uh, joining us on the podcast. How can our listeners follow you on the socials? Uh, Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I look forward uh, to one day coming back. For anyone who does want to follow me and hear these ramblings on Twitter, I mostly tweet to myself, so don't be that impressed. Uh, but you can follow me at Dave Sepperson on basically every form of social media. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, it's just photos of my daughter, so be prepared for that. <laughs> but she's adorable, awesome. so you might love it. Awesome. Love you, Dave. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. thanks. Thanks so much, Dave, and thank you to everybody who listens, follows, subscribes to our podcast, and you can follow us on social media on Instagram at, at Chasing Points Podcast. We have a Facebook group, uh, Chasing Points Podcast. And uh, yeah, thank thank you, everybody. So, uh, you know, wherever you listen, however you listen, thank you so much. And until next week, um, for Dave and for Brandon, I am Sam. And uh, we'll see you then. Quick rant. You just mentioned Mother's Day. Uh, Mother Nature, stop turning my car green. Uh, I'm sick and tired as pollen. I don't feel like myself. Thank you. Appreciate it. Keep raining so we don't have pollen anymore. Thank you.